Welcome to Passion Life Church. I'm going to be happy to be in church this morning. We're so glad that you are here. And we are starting a brand new series that we simply entitled EXO Love and Relationships. And for the next five weeks, five weeks we are going to take, we're going to be talking about love, or as in Spanish we say amor. Amor, right? Amor. We're going to talk about friendship. How many of you could use a little more friends? Come on, somebody. Right? Okay, nobody in this room. How weird is that? All right, come on. How many of you can use a little more friends in your life? Right? Um, good. How many of you can think about uh, maybe that you could be better in communication? How, how about that? How many of you? Right? Okay. Hold on a second. All the women raised their hands there. Where are my boys at? Well, we're all good. We're all good with this. Come on. How many of you ladies think that your men needs better communication skills? Come on. Let, let me, let me, are you out there, men? Come on. We're going to talk about conflict. We're going to talk about marriage. It's going to be a great five weeks. I would hope that you would commit to being here and also um, just bring some people, you know, um, you know, just bring some people that you don't tell them like that you know, hey, that you think that they need more love in their life. Don't tell them that. Just, hey, come to church. We're talking about relationships. I think if we're really honest when it comes to relationships, it's the things that bring us the most pain, heartache, and tension is relationships. And really, the thing that brings us the most joy and fulfillment, happiness, is relationships. Why is that? It's because life is all about relationships. Now, if you're joining us here for the very first time, hey, welcome. But I want I want you to know we have a church that's very alive, you know, um, and, and I encourage you, if you hear something today that is truth, say amen. That means so be it. Or you can say the 2019 version, yes, or true that is always good. And uh, when I grew up in church, it was like going to a funeral every single Sunday. It was horrible. And nobody talked, nobody moved, everybody looked constipated. Come on, somebody. And that's what we called the church of Jesus Christ. And yet when I read and, and look at the Bible, I see that there's supposed to be joy in his presence. Come on, somebody. And so there's supposed to be joy in his presence. So I just want to encourage you. If you hear something today, um, just, you know, say amen. I would encourage you as you listen today not to elbow your spouse when you hear something good. Okay, just, just say amen and just keep looking forward. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Because our goal is to have unity and for you to learn about love, not for you to go home and be fighting, all right? And let me just preface this. Do not, okay, do not bring Pastor Phil into your fights at home, okay? We do not say, well, did you hear that message and did you hear what Pastor Phil said? I do not want to be in your home and be in the middle of you and your spouse, all right? So I want to encourage you today, listen for you. I know that there's going to be times where you're like, oh man, I wish that my boyfriend or I wish my husband was here. This today is free. Let's listen for us today. But life is all about relationships. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe there are some, there's some people here or listening online that you are really hurting today. And it's because of relationships. And, and so we want to help today. But I want you to know that even since the beginning of time, right, there's always been relationship problems. I mean, from Adam and Eve in the beginning, I mean, come on, guys, what would you do if you walked into the room and you saw your wife talking to a snake? 
Eve was talking to a snake. And I understand Eve's perspective, right? Eve's like, I just need to be heard. I just need somebody who's listening. The snake is a good listener. And so I'm talking and, and you know, he was listening, right? But she's talking to a snake, people. She's talking to a snake, right? That reminds me of the quote from that great poet and philosopher, Paul Abdul. He's a cold-hearted snake. Look into his eyes. Uh-oh. Can you sing it? Can you sing it? He's been telling lies. You all know, know Paula Abdul. Straight up. Now tell me. Do you really want to love me forever? Uh-oh. Hey, there you go. Come on, you can't have a good relationship serious without some good music. Come on, I just want to warn you. You may hear some good love music like Backstreet Boys or something today or throughout this series. But I just want to remind all of us that ever since the beginning of time, there's always been challenges, conflict with relationships. Come on, you don't have to watch Fifty Shades of Grey to learn about relationships, Game of Thrones, all of this. I mean, there are some relationships in here that were so dysfunctional that we can learn of. There's healthy relationships in the Bible. You need to read the Bible. And this isn't just, listen, a book of rules. This is a book, of a love story. This is a book of identity for you and I to learn from. But now I say that to say, because we can learn a lot of relationship stuff from a lot of things. A lot of us learn relationships from our parents, whether that was good or bad. Some of us are learning relationship stuff from Netflix, from YouTube. Come on, somebody. Some of us are, are learning, uh, you know, relationships from the, the Yaya sisterhood of the traveling pants. I don't know what that is, but that, that's a movie. And I, I don't, or the notebook. And we have all of these concepts. But can I just submit today that what we're going to do is we're going to look at God and what he says about it. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because we need to let God, since he created relationships, we need to let God who designed relationships define relationships for us. And when we live outside of what God says, that's when we get into trouble. Can I hear a good amen? That's when we get into to trouble. And I just want to make an appeal today for those of us that are Christians. We've got to get this right. We've got to get relationships right. When our divorce rate is the same as the world, something is wrong. And yet the world looks at us and the Bible says that they're supposed to know us by our theology is that what it says? They're supposed to know us by our love. And so we've got to get this right. And so I hope that you'll bring a phone to take notes if that's how you take notes or bring your Bible, bring a notebook. But I just believe, let's let God define our relationships because, you know, he's the one that designed it. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 34. You know, starting out a relationship series, I, I was praying and, excuse me, I was praying and just kind of looking at some things. You know, where do you start? And there's a lot of good places to start. But then I really felt the Lord just lead me in this area because I think when it comes to relationships, I believe there's a relationship that's really overlooked in our lives. I mean, I really believe that uh, this is what we're going to talk about today. We just don't talk about enough. I remember growing up in church, nobody ever talked to me about what I'm going to talk to you about. And uh, so I've entitled today, Learning to Love Yourself. Learning 
to love. You mean you ain't going to talk about all them creepy people, Pastor Phil, that I'm having problems with? No. Because what I've realized in 25 years of doing ministry, counseling, reading the word, is that you take you into every relationship that you're in. There's a common denominator in every relationship that you're in, and it's you. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. As Christians, we know that our relationship with God should be number one priority. Can we say that so nobody misunderstands what I'm talking about today? Say, God, my relationship with God is the number one priority. And I don't want you to walk out of here saying that Pastor Phil said it wasn't. I, I, that's not, we just said it. We just repeated it. But can I just tell you, the Bible doesn't just talk about your relationship with God. The Bible talks about your relationship with other people, but the Bible also talks about your relationship with you. And I wonder how you are with you today. I wonder what's going on in you today. Because here's the question I want to pose today. When it comes to relationships, how important is your relationship with you? Is that even important? Is it important, the relationship that Phil has with Phil, is that important at all? Let me ask you this question. How important is it that you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Does it really matter at all how you feel about yourself? And I'm going to say today, it matters. Because you take you with all of you into the relationships that you have. And here's a question. Could it be? Could it be my church family that the reason my relationships aren't flourishing is it has to do more with what's going on in me than what's going on in them, right? And I could start the series talking about all the people that hurt you, but you know what? I, to be honest, when I looked at the Bible, knowing that God is first priority, I think the Bible teaches, instead of talking about other people, the Bible teaches us different. Have you found Matthew chapter 22, verse 34? The Pharisees are coming to Jesus. They're going to ask him some questions, right? And they're going to ask him really to sum up the law. And there was over 600 laws that they had to obey. And Jesus is going to answer them. And he's going to teach us about relationships. Now, I know that some of you watch Oprah. I know that some of you watch Dr. Phil. But how about we look at the great physician, Dr. Jesus, today about relationships? right? Have you found Matthew chapter 22, verse 34? It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silent, he silenced the Sadducees. You know why they were called the Sadducees? Because they were sad, you see. They gathered together. Come on, if you give more in the offering, I'll tell better jokes. Verse 35, I'm totally joking. Relax. Verse 35, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love. Everybody say love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like it. Listen to what he says. The second is like it. Now, they wanted one answer, but Jesus couldn't just sum it up in one answer. He's going to give them two. And he says that the second is just like the first. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. Watch it. Watch what he said. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40. On these two commandments 
hang all the law of the prophets. I want to read you another scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, because we're talking about learning how to love yourself. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. You don't have to turn there, but just look at it on the big Bible on the screen. It says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Listen to the statement here. Listen. He who loves his wife loves himself. He who loves, now watch this. Could we say it this way, right, for the ladies? Could we say it this way, ladies? She who loves her husband loves herself. Could we say it this way and flip it for just a moment? That if you don't love yourself, you will never love your husband? That, ladies, if you don't have a good relationship with you, you're not going to have a good relationship with other people. Right? And so here's, I think, where we get this confused. We think I'm supposed to love God first. That is correct. You are supposed to love first. And then I'm supposed to love others second. So what we do is we love God. Okay, now I got to go and I got to go love other people. No, hold on, Poindexter. Listen, you need to come back over here because you're going to take you, whatever's going on with you, into loving others. But if you don't love you, you have nothing to give to somebody else. You have nothing to give to somebody else. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Our relationship with others flows out of our relationship with God and ourselves. I want to say that again. Our relationship with others flows out of our relationship with God and ourselves. Can I hear a good amen today? I think in the church, we are scared to talk about self-love, right? Well, you know, we're just not supposed to love ourselves. Can I give you a key? God loves you. So how am I not supposed to love me if God loves me? Now, just to, just to be clear, just to be clear about what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about today about being selfish. I'm not talking about today being narcissistic. That's not what I'm talking about. Because I know that there are some of you in this room, it is your goal in 2019 to take more selfies. I understand that. I understand that is your goal to find as many bathrooms as you can. Because we all know that in the bathroom, that is the best lighting for selfies. Come on, somebody but I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm not talking about being narcissistic. I'm talking about loving yourself as God loves you. Because we are in a series called Love and Relationships. And Jesus is saying, isn't it interesting that when he responds to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, he talks about love because life is all about love. And can I be honest with you? If you have no love in your life, you don't have a life because love and life go together. Can I hear a good amen today? That's why Jesus said, I got to love the Lord with all our heart, all my soul and all our mind. But let's just be straight up. The Bible tells us that this love didn't even begin with us, right? It's not love that I love God. God loved me first. And his love, like we said today, so undeserving. I didn't deserve it, but he still gave it away. It's sacrificial. Listen, it's not a love that's based on performance. I don't have to perform for God to love me. This is a love that is born out of the character of God. And I think that we think that God does acts of love. God does not do acts of love. God is love. It is his character.
character. It is his nature. And listen, everybody look at me. You may not hear this at another church, but I'm going to tell you, there's nothing that you could ever do to have God love you more because he loves you right now where you are at. The Bible says while you were yet in sin, he loved you and he gave his son for you. And that's hard. That's hard for, uh, to, uh, for us to understand because we're so used to performing at work. Maybe we're so used to performing to get validation and to get um, you know, people to affirm us. But I'm going to be honest, when you love God and he loves you, loving God should always result in you loving you. Some of you are looking at me like, I didn't know it's supposed to love me. Well, God loves you. God loves you. Do you know when Jesus said that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, the New Testament was written in Greek. In Greek, this word, as myself, or love my neighbor as myself, it means this, to the same degree or same measure. Watch this. You can only love others to the same degree that you love yourself. I have an empty bottle here. If you are, Phil, man, I need a drink. I'm so thirsty. Could, could I have a drink? Nope. Because this bottle is empty. You could scream at me. You could say, I'm really thirsty, right? I'm dehydrating. I need a drink. Here's the truth. I cannot give you what I do not have. And for some of us, this is our life. Because we have not allowed us to be truly loved by God so we have nothing to give other people. And I'm gonna tell you what happens. We go into relationships looking for people to fill a void that only God can fill. And today's message, my goal is to so fill your love tank with God's love that it overflows on other people, that it overflows on your marriage. Come on somebody, that it overflows at people at work, that it overflows on you that you are complete in God's love. Is this good this morning? And you can only love people to the same degree, right? That you can love yourself. Now, if you're single in this room, right? And maybe, you know, you're, that means maybe you're divorced, newly divorced, or you're just single. How many single people do we have? Come on, it's a good, come on, lift it up, single people. All right, guys, hold on, hold it up, hold it up. Everybody look around, look around. The best place to meet people is church. Come on, somebody. Come on, all y'all meet in the, in the lobby at the coffee cart. Come on. I am hooking you up. I only charge $400 for a wedding. Come on, get in there and meet some people. I'm hooking you up. Single people, can I just encourage you and help you? When somebody tells you, right, maybe you're dating, and they tell you, look, listen, boo, I love you. And I'm not just saying it because it rhymes, but listen, boo, I love you. The proper response is not, I love you too. That's not the proper response. Here's the proper response. When they say, and they probably not, they're probably going to say it more sexy like this. Hey, baby. <laughs> now, can I just tell you, if they say it in a text, you need to get out of that relationship. That's the first time you hear it in a text. Come on, you need to get out. You need to give them a little in sync and say, bye, bye, bye. That's it. We are done. But when they tell you, hey, baby, I, I love you, baby. 
The proper response is, do you have a cold? No. The proper response is like, what's wrong with your voice? I'm good. The proper response is not, I love you too. When someone tells you, hey, I love you, here's the question you ask. I need to ask you a question. But do you love you? Because if you don't love you, you'll never be able to love me. You can't love me. Because you can only love others to the same degree, right, that you love yourself. And here lies the conflict. We are trying to love people without first allowing God to love us and fill us with his love. And so we're doing it in our own strength. You can't give people what you don't have. Now watch this. But loving yourself qualifies you to love other people. It really does. It really does. Excuse me. Can I just tell you something? Can I tell you why I love me today? I love me today because God loves me. I have to be up here fully loved by God because you would be amazed how some of you are looking at me right now. Some of you are like, some of you are like, and some of you are like, if I allowed you to determine my worth, I wouldn't stand up here today. But because I'm fully loved by God, I can allow the love of God to pour out on people who may not be looking at me right or may not even know what's going on today, people that are deficient about love. But I've got to be fully loved because that that produces confidence. Now, but what we need to understand is that when it comes to love, God finds you worth it. Worth is determined by the price that is paid for something, right? So my worth, listen, was not determined by me. Your worth was not determined by you. It was determined by God. He's the one that made you, and he loved you so much. I know we hear this. I know we see the signs at football games, but he loved you so much. He was willing to send his only begotten son. Come on. God didn't have 15 sons, and he picked. Okay, Juanito, you want to go? Uh, you, you know, Tomas, you want to go? No, one son, his name was Jesus, and he gave it all because he thought you were worth it. And not just to come to the earth, but to die a brutal death. Why? Because he thought that you were worth it. I love what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom. He paid for you. I mean, he paid to buy you back, right? For we know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver. Isn't that amazing? That God could have given for you billions of dollars, but that wouldn't be enough. So he had to give himself. He had to give himself, not mere gold or silver, which loses their value. It was the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. You need to love you because God loves you. You need to find worth in God because God finds you a person of worth. But listen, since price determines worth, then worth determines value. Then why do we have such an epidemic of insecure people? You know, I was at the mall the other day, and, uh, you know, I just realized that as I walk in, you know, my life that a lot of things are sermons. And I thought of funny as I was walking through the mall, I saw these shirts, right? They say sale on them. 
right? There was a, and they actually had in all of their windows this shirt that says sale. And I was thinking about how, uh, when I looked at them, how I wonder how many of us, we wouldn't admit it and we don't have it on the outside, but maybe we're wearing this shirt underneath in our lives and we're just saying, I'm not good enough. And so you know what? Hey, I'm on sale. And this is why we let people into our lives. This is why we let people into our lives that we're looking to value us. And you, you know, to be honest with you, um, that, that's not the shirt that we need to have on because God didn't, God didn't buy you on sale. God didn't buy you and pray you weren't on a discounted rack, right? And this is actually the shirt that we should be wearing, right? All of us should be wearing this shirt right here that we should walk around and said, God thought I was priceless. It wasn't gold. It wasn't silver. It was the price of his only son that you were worth one Jesus. You were worth one Jesus. Now, listen, I'm not saying that God loves everything you do. God hates sin, but he loves you. And I think in the church, we get this wrong, so wrong, because Jesus was sitting with sinners. Why? Not because he condoned sin, because he loved people. And the Bible says it's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. Jesus was moved with compassion towards people. And that's how kind of I've always looked at people. I want to see people. God, help me. See people how you see them. Not just in their sin, but see the value of how you see people. Just a real quick sidebar. You know, I'm praying and I'm asking God, like, God, I want to have a heart like yours. You know, I want to have a heart that loves people. I want to see past people's mistakes. Come on, somebody. I want to see past. Why? Because you see that for me, God. I want to be that reflection. And, you know, I dropped my son off at school the other day and, and I was just, you know, driving down the freeway and there was some traffic. And, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't get it. There's just traffic for no reason. Like, I'm just like, does everybody just decide, okay, well, this is, you know, the lanes are just too small, so we're just going to slow down, right? But actually, this was, there was traffic for a reason. There was an accident, and um, as we were driving, there was a car on the other side that had been turned over on its, uh, on, on, its, on its top. The roof of the car was on the ground, and there was um, uh, an uh, uh, ambulance, and then there was other cars stopped. And every time, I, you know, I just, I just lift my hands and I just pray. You know, you never know what's happening. And Lord, just touch these people. Heal. Father, save these people. And then what was really weird is I started to cry. Like tear, like real tears, right? Not crocodile tears, like real tears. And I'm going, I can't believe this. Like I'm crying right now. Like, God, I'm crying right now. He said, well, you want my heart. He says, my heart breaks for those people. There's people that are hurting over there, and I love them deeply. And I thought, wow, if we could just love like God. God wants to live, us to live in security. God doesn't want us to live insecure. But why do we have an epidemic of insecure people, right? Especially Christians. And I'm going to tell you why. We have allowed people, we have allowed circumstances, we have allowed our jobs to change our worth. We have allowed all of these things to change our price tags. And yet we look at those things instead of looking at the love of God. Can I tell you what? God loves you more than what you get paid. Let me say it again. God loves you more than what you get paid. What you get paid is not your worth. Right? Where you are at in life and the circumstances, God loves you so much 
more. But I just wanted to break some stuff down today. Listen, here's, here's what, I, what, what I have, I've shown. If you don't love yourself, then that means you are actually rejecting yourself. And we can reject ourselves for a lot of different things. Maybe we have guilt in our life. We've made mistakes. But I want to encourage you today that there's forgiveness. But can I just show you how self-rejection shows up in our life? Let me, let me give you five things here real quick. I wrote four in my notes, but I feel like there's five. Here's, here's how this shows up. Can I get how the rubber meets the road? Number one, self-rejection always shows up in wrong priorities. Listen, because you can't say no to people. The bigger question becomes, why are you always saying yes to people? Can I tell you why? Because we are living with other people's expectations of us all the time. Now, a lot of times we can't say no because we need, listen, to be needed. We need to be needed. And so we can't say no. Let's try it today. Say no. no. Come on, say in Spanish, no. Got you speaking Spanish today. No, I can't do it. Now, I'm going to tell you, the enemy hides in wrong priorities. Oh, you're a Christian. You should be doing this. Oh, you should be helping everybody in the world. What's wrong with you? You shouldn't be taking care of yourself. Right? And so we live with other people's expectations, always looking for other people to affirm us so we can't say no. Right? And I think even we've equated busyness with being important. Well, I'm just busy. Because nobody wants to say, I have nothing to do today. Because we're going to go, well, what's wrong with you? Are you a creeper? Right? But we've, we've equated busyness with being important. And so the reason we suffer from wrong priorities, right, is because we get our value from people instead of God people instead of God. And this is why, oh, look at me today. This is why with wrong priorities, we can be so easily manipulated by other people. Because when you get your value and approval from them, you may just be willing to do anything. Can you see how the enemy can use that? Watch this. Can I just encourage you? When you allow God to set your priorities, you will not miss a thing. He has everything lined up for you. And sometimes you say, you have to say no. Here's another way that self-rejection shows up in our lives. I just call it extravagances, right? You have to collect things to give yourself value, right? So you're not generous. You find yourself in things. I know people who are so in debt with clothes and stuff because that is what defines them. Now I'm going to tell you this. I love looking nice. I think we as the people of God represent him, right? But Phil Valdez is not wrapped up in my Kenneth Cole jacket today, right? Because Jesus Christ means more to me than Kenneth Cole. Come on, somebody. Right. And so whether I have a Kenneth Cole jacket on, right, or I have a sweatshirt from Walmart on, it has nothing to do with my value. Right. It has nothing to do with that. But we can use extravagance to cover up the wounds and feeling insignificant in my church family. That becomes dangerous when you associate your possessions with who you are. Now, I believe, I believe when God blesses you, whoo, he will do it in extravagance. He will do it. I believe that. I believe God wants you to move forward. I really do believe that. But the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and when he came to Jesus, 
Jesus said, I want you to sell everything that you have, right? I want you to give it to the poor and come follow me. And he said, no. He said, I can't do that. You know, the Bible says he walks away grieving. He walks away grieving. Why? Because he was so attached to his stuff, he found value in his stuff. And when he found value in his stuff, it affected his relationship with Jesus. This is why people, when they lose stuff, they go crazy. Because their value is attached to what kind of car they drive. And again, extravagance is not wrong. When God blesses you, thank God, he can bless you. Can I hear a good amen? Here's another way that uh, self-rejection shows up. Are you learning something today? Number three, it shows up in difficulty loving other people. Listen, if you always have tension with other people, Nobody at work likes you. Nobody at home likes you. Nobody at the gas station likes you. Uh, It's not them. It's you. Now, sometimes it is them, but not all the time. But when you have tension at work and family, right? And we deal with self-rejection when we become snobby, clicky. You know, that's the biggest, the biggest criticism I hear as a pastor in the last six years. Pastor Phil, I went to this church. I went to that church. There's so many clicks. You know, I want to get involved. I want to feel love. Can I just tell you, it's hard to find new relationships. It's so easy to always, right? And it's so funny. We, as Christians, we come and some of you, I, I see it here every week. You sit in the same seat every week. My seat. Hi, you're sitting in my seat. We talk to the same people. We eat the same donut every week. And then we don't talk to anybody else but the people we feel comfortable talking to. And can I tell you, that can be a sign of self-rejection because when you love people, you want to get to know people. You want to pursue people, right? And the Bible says this, that perfect love of God casts out all fear. I don't need to be insecure when I have the love of God because you don't validate me. You don't approve me. God does. So I'm just going to let my relationship flow out of that. Can I hear a good amen? But self-rejection can show up in difficulty loving others. Watch this. And hurtful people always have a root of self-rejection. People who gossip, they have a reason why they gossip. And they're not just gossipers, and they're not just gossiping to make themselves, uh, just to talk on something. They're actually gossiping to make themselves feel more powerful and superior. I heard this quote, gossip is a weak man's strength. Gossip is a weak man's strength. Here's number four. I think a lot of us deal with number four. Self-rejection shows up in constantly comparing ourselves with other people. Constantly. And so we overvalue what somebody else is going through and we undervalue what we already have. And I'm going to tell you, you have a lot of great stuff going on in your life. Right? And then you look on Instagram. You don't know how many filters come on somebody that they use. And so we make assumptions. Oh, they have it all together, right? And so we reject ourselves and we idolize somebody else and what they're going through. Oh, and single people are like, well, I just feel better if I was married. Or you know what? I would just be better if my legs were longer. Can I just give you something of encouragement? You are taller than at least one person. Does that help you? 
you have people with curly hair want straight hair. People with straight hair want curly hair. People who are too tall want to be shorter. People who are shorter want to be tall. Why can't we just let God love us for who we are? Do you know the way he made you, the DNA that he put in you is because he wants to use you and he loves you and he wants to use you right where you are. You need have everything you need to be that all God wants you to be. Come on, can we give him a better praise than that? Come on. But here's what I found about insecure people. Insecure people, listen, listen, listen. I want you to listen. I was putting these notes together and this just dropped like it was hot. Insecure people will try to make you their security. Insecure people, they will drain you. They will suck the life out of you. Now watch, and and that's never enough. It's never enough because they need to be filled with the love of God. Human love only goes so far. But listen, they will drain you. And when the relationship doesn't work and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't even hang out with this person. It's like a full-time job. Watch. And once they drain you, guess what they do next? They blame you. They blame you. It's your fault that the relationship isn't working out. Because you don't have enough to give them. You're right. I don't have enough to give you. That's why you need to get your butt in prayer and pray and ask God to fill those voids that are in your life. And then it's your fault. So not only do they drain you, then they blame you, then watch. Then they try to manipulate you. They're threatened by your other relationships. Who are you hanging out with with this week? How come you're not hanging out with me? Because you complain too much. Listen, if they can't control you, then they will try to change how other people see you. And they try to gossip about you. And listen, my church family, this is for all of us. Unless you find your security in Jesus Christ, you will never be satisfied. Never. God wants us to live in security of his love, not live insecure. Come on, can you give him a good round of applause for his word? Now, Pastor Phil, I understand we got to learn how to love ourselves, but what about these scriptures? Like Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness in mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. I absolutely believe in that scripture, but let me ask you a question. How can you esteem somebody better than yourself when you have low self-esteem? The only way I can esteem you is when I have esteem from God to give you. How can I encourage you when I have no courage in me? The only way I can encourage you is be have courage from God to give to you. Right? So I have to receive this from God first. Let me say this. I have to work harder on me than I do on my relationships. And here's what we do. We're blaming a lot of people for problems that we have and that are internal. And what we need to do is we need to be healed. We need to be loved. And we're going to see our relationships get healthier and get better. But we've got to get healthy. Come on, somebody, this morning. Because you can only love others to the same degree you love yourself. Right? When's the last time you took you out on a date? I would never go to the movies by myself. Why not? Listen, if you don't, 
you expect me to like you and you don't like you? You expect me to accept you and you don't even accept yourself? God accepts you. But we allow, we have to allow ourselves to be loved from God. And my church family, as we come to a close this morning, I want you to listen to this. Confidence, confidence is an inside job that only the Holy Spirit can do. Listen, Romans 5 verse 5 says this. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. That's the goal. The Holy Spirit wants to pour out his love in our hearts, right, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I just want to close with this. See, when you love yourself, right, people who love themselves, let me show you three things here real quick. Let me, let me go back. Let me go back real quick. I don't usually do this, but I just felt it was an overlying theme and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to do this and I didn't put it in my notes. I want to go back just real quick to up. Okay, ready? When you self-reject yourself, you will start hanging out with people who reject themselves as well. Let me say that again. Your friendships start to reflect insecure people and you feel confident because everybody's insecure. And so if you're not careful, those friendships can become very unhealthy because now what you're doing, because you have rejected yourself, you start hanging out with other people who reject themselves. And here's why. Because when you see a confident person, you view them as arrogant and calm and, 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 um, conceited. Can I just tell you, there's a difference between confidence and knowing who you are, right? I am who God says I am. That's confidence. Can I hear a good amen? Conceited is I feel that I'm better than you. I'm more superior than you. That's not the love of God. That's not the love of God. And so what I'm saying is that we need to be careful that we are so loved that we start hanging out with people who are confident, have confidence. See, people who love themselves, let me just give you three things today as we close. Number one, they have self-confidence. And here's why. You know who you are in Christ. My church family, this is not just a book of rules. This is a book of identity, of who you are in Jesus Christ, right? Being conceited is thinking that you're better, but knowing who who you are in Christ gives you the confidence to love other people. Let me say it again. Perfect love casts out all fear, right? Watch this. Today, I stand up here. Doesn't mean I don't have insecurities. I stand up here fully loved by God. Now watch. So when I meet you, I already love me because God loves me. So when I meet you, if you don't love me, it doesn't matter. Can I tell you why? Because I already love myself. But when I don't love myself and you meet me and you walk away from me, I'm devastated and broken because I need your love to make me feel loved. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where we start getting unhealthy. So I can be fully loved by God and whether you love me or not doesn't make a difference because I already love me. Does that make sense? And so in relationships, this is where we get, this is, this is where it's tough, right? Because you need to get in a relationship. 
People are looking, oh, I just want to, I'm looking for love. No, you're not. When you get into a relationship just looking for love and someone to give you love, you are entering the relationship as a taker instead of a giver. But people who are fully loved come into a relationship. When me and my wife came together, man, she was so healthy. healthy. I was so dysfunctional because of my background. My parents went through a divorce. I had to really allow myself to be loved from God. By God, it was a tough thing, but I became healthy. And now you have two people coming, watch, sharing love together. I wanted to share the love that I had with her and her share the love with me. We're not sitting here sucking the life out of each other because we both know how to go to God first and we love ourselves and then we can love each other. People have so I don't know if you would have gotten along with Jesus when he was on the earth. What do you mean, Pastor Phil? Jesus, right? He was full of confidence. He was full of confidence. And I'm learning this. Do you know that confident people can be humble people? Do you know why you can be humble? Because you know who you are. When Jesus got down to wash the disciples' feet, he didn't lose his identity. Actually, strong people can serve other people. Jesus got down and was washing the disciples' feet. Why? Because he was fully confident and knew who he was. But I think that sometimes if you were to see, Jesus used the word I a lot. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the vine. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know that Jesus never spoke negatively about himself? Negatively, never. That challenges me, right? But he humbled himself. Why? Because he knew who he was. That's why prideful people can't be humble people because they always have to, right, put on this facade. But here's the thing. People who love themselves, number one, have self-confidence. Number two, they have self-respect. Because I love me, I respect myself. And I'll just say this and I'll move on. I don't have to reveal parts of my body to people because I respect myself, because I love myself. Listen, you want people to respect you? Here's the first step. You need to respect you because people are only going to treat you as they see you. And if you don't respect you and value you, come on, somebody, are you still here this morning? So if I respect myself, people will respect me. Here's the last one as we close. See, people who love themselves are self-giving. They're self-giving, right? People who love themselves, right? When you love yourself like God loves you, it provides love for you to be able to give away. Watch this. Again, we're over here trying to forgive other people. And the question I would have is, have you ever forgiven yourself first? People who are fully loved by God can forgive themselves. You know why? Because they know that God has forgiven them. Self-love is willing to give itself without manipulating anybody else. Why is that? Why can I, if I love myself, why can I give without manipulating you? Watch, because I don't need your love. So if I don't need your love, I don't have to manipulate you to get your love because I'm fully loved by God. Jesus knew who he was, and that his life was so valuable that he could lay it down because he knew that you needed it. Listen, so Jesus laid his life down unconditionally. Whether people respond or not, 
he gave it unconditionally because he is love. And love, people who love themselves are self-giving. My church family, my question today is are you going to allow God to truly, deeply, authentically love you? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.